What's up, guys? I hope you're all having a good day or night, wherever you are. My name's Nick, and welcome back to Late Night Hollow Net. Uh, I'm not sure when this episode's gonna go up, but I know that it has been a while since the last episode. I am recording this on Tuesday, April 13th, and episode 4 of the podcast, I remember, went up... March 31st, I want to say, so it's been a couple of weeks, or like, almost, but so far it's the longest I've gone without uploading an episode, and that's just because, you know, work and life got in the way, all of that, uh, so... I figure I would come on here to talk about something that's been on my mind lately, which is how, I'm not really sure how to word this, basically how movies and TV shows can generate hype based on how and when they're released, like, uh, you have a bunch of different uh, franchises like Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and films like the Indiana Jones films, the James Bond films, all these different films, and some of them have shows, all that. And for the most part, they all have... a different way of releasing films. Like, you have James Bond, who's been periodically... Like, whose films have periodically been releasing since... The first one was, what, like, 1964, 65? And then you have things like the MCU, which had Iron Man and Hulk both in 2008, nothing in 2009... And then 2010 kicked off the MCU with one film per year. And I think it was in 2013 where the MCU began to release multiple films per year. And I was just uh, earlier today and yesterday I was thinking about like how all these different franchises manage to pull this off and maybe like how their formats for releasing media helps them hurts them because all of the examples I've mentioned so far as I've said they all have their own ways of releasing their media but all of their uh, formulas also get a variety of different reception. And that's what made me think because, uh, well, uh, first off, this whole idea and thought of mine began because I was thinking about how it's been going with uh, Star Wars since... uh, Disney bought the uh, company and uh, 
obviously we've gotten uh they bought it in what was it October of 2012 is when Disney bought a, a Lucasfilm and the very day that they bought it they announced the film that would later become The Force Awakens which is which was the first Star Wars film in the main saga that we got since 2005 and the and Force Awakens was 2015 so that's 10 years that we went and uh since 2015 with the exception of 2020 so from 2015 till then so those 5 years we got one Star Wars film per year on top of a couple of shows as well. And let's see, it was uh, Force Awakens, Rogue One, Last Jedi, uh, Solo, and The Rise of Skywalker were the five films that we got. And then the shows were... Rebels and Resistance, which are animated shows, and then The Mandalorian, which is the first live-action show that the franchise has had. So, that's eight things. In five years, we have gotten eight uh, visual mediums, and that's going opposed to what we got under George, which was seven films. We had the six from the main saga. Then you had the animated Clone Wars film. And then mixed into that bunch from 1977 to when he sold among those seven films were a handful of animated shows and actually a couple of direct-to-TV films. So uh, that's probably... You know, I don't know the exact amount, so let's just say we got 13 under him because that seems like a right and fair amount so 13 when George owned it and so far eight from Disney in the nine years since they've owned so they're already beginning to catch up a lot and they've owned Lucasfilm for a fraction of the time that George has and the reason why I bring up Star Wars as as the main example is because, as you all know, I'm a big fan, and I've always thought that as far as the movies and TV shows go, I feel like Star Wars has always benefited from time. And by that, I mean, uh, in... George's hands, we got one film every three years for both of his trilogies. 
and then there was a three-year gap that separated uh, Revenge of the Sith, which was his last live-action film, to the Clone Wars film. So, and from the original trilogy to the prequel one, it was something like 13 years. And I liked it like that. Maybe not the 13-year gap, but the three years that separated each film. I was either very young or not alive yet to be surrounded by that uh, hype. But... Just based on, like, the reviews I've read online, it just seems like that was the best way to build up hype among the fandom. Because, like, let's say uh, 1999 was when episode one came out. It got mixed reviews, but let's just focus on the fans who really liked the film. Or, you know, maybe... The, the ones who thought it was all right, but were hoping that the next one would be uh, more enjoyable. So, 1999 is when episode one comes out. Then you have uh, the year 2000, where some more news begins to arise. And then 2001, there's even more and then 2002 is when episode 2 finally comes out and i could definitely just see how that way of like each year you get a little bit more like not enough to ruin the film but just Enough to get you excited. Like maybe there's a magazine that has a little bit of information of what the next film will have. Or maybe there's a, uh, maybe there's someone that just got added to the cast. And obviously things like that are around now. I just feel like the two to three year gap with basically nothing to fill it was the best way to go about things because uh like episode one it's uh like you go in to see that film in 1999 it's been 13 years since the last one was out like i have seen old news reports of uh, movie theaters having lines of fans either there or like there by themselves or with friends. Some of them have uh, t- tents that they pitched and they are there for days on end for episode one to get their seats because of the fact that it's been so long. They are desperate to go and see this film. Whereas you have uh, 
2016 when we got Rogue One. Now, for 2015, like, this was the same thing. It's been 10 years since the last film, or since the last live action film. That anticipation has had more than enough time to build up, especially that by the time The Force Awakens came out in 2015, it has already been three years since the film was first announced. So the method of the old ways worked for Force Awakens. But when we got Rogue One the very next year, it was, of course, exciting. But it was also, you know, we just had one last year. Like, we just did this. And for a lot of fans, they were fine with getting... Star Wars films once per year, and I am, like, I'm one of those fans, despite me having some skepticism towards uh, the uh, release that's becoming more and more frequent for these films and shows, I'm excited for all of them, there's just one thing I'm nervous about, which I'll get to soon. So you have Rogue One, and then you have Episode Eight. the year after that. The worst one so far was when uh, Solo came out in 2018, but in May, so far the, the films, the newer films were releasing in... December. So episode 8 is out December of 2018 and now just 5 or 6 months after that is a new film. That was the shortest gap that the films have had as far as time separation goes. And because of that Solo didn't really do that good at the box office. It's a mix of two films being released so soon apart and the fact that episode 8 was probably the most divisive film thus far. So the release was kind of the reason why Solo got fucked over. And... Lucasfilm definitely learned from that because the next film we got after Solo was Episode 9, which came out December of 2019, which was a year and a half since the last film. And my point with all of this is that as excited as I am for the new film, there there's only one new... No, there's a handful of new films that, that have been announced, but we only know the name of one. And a bunch of new shows, at least... At least, like, 12 or 13 new shows. Or maybe, like, 10-ish? Let's just say from 10 to 13. That works. So... Not so, like, excluding 
the eight things that we got so far since uh, Disney bought. We now have like all of the visual mediums we got from George in like the 38 years that he owns Lucasfilm. We have that same amount in the form of shows just on the way and they're all set to be out within the next three years or so so this shit will be back to back same with what the mcu is doing now but i'll go back to the mcu in a little bit so my whole point is that i'm just nervous that for like I'm nervous that myself and a lot of other fans will become desensitized. And that's the thing that I fear the most. If all of like these 13 new shows and five new films are all good or great, then that then that would be amazing. Sorry. That would be amazing, but if we can rightfully assume that some of them won't be as good as the rest, it just seems like it'll be kind of a strain on the fandom. And the go-to argument for this is... That it works so well with, with the MCU and those and the people who bring that argument up are right. This multi-film and now multi-show per year method works fine with the MCU because that's how the MCU has always been 2009 and last year were the only two years that we've gone without a marvel cinematic universe film since 2008 and 2008 had more than one there was iron man and hulk within like six months so the reason why this works so well for the MCU is because the MCU launched already like this. They weren't making one film every three years and then they decide to accelerate it to the point where we are now set to have like four shows and five films from now until December of next year. Like it's never been such a such a uh, radical increase whereas for Star Wars it was going at a moderate pace and now suddenly it's going into fifth gear and that's why I think it might be bad because fans like you have fans get used to this one method for like 37 38 years or like 34 however long George owned it and now as of 2015 you go into this 
accelerated, rapid mode. And for the fans who are always the same level of excited each year for each new film and now each new show, I wish I was them. That's amazing that they are able to retain that level of excitement, but I'm not. And the whole reason why this fear of of, uh, becoming desensitized began to form within me was because of the fact that it's already began to occur. When The Force Awakens came out, I was 13, and I remember actually losing sleep within, like, the last couple weeks before the movie came out because I was just that excited. And I remember that my dad actually pulled me out of school so we could go and watch the film for, like, a 2 p.m. showing. Now you jump to episode 9, which was the most recent film back in 2019. And I was hardly excited to go see that film. Like, I really wasn't anticipating it at all. And lo and behold, episode 9... Uh, ends up becoming the only Star Wars film that I can confidently say that I hate. Now, yeah, maybe I'm sure some of that disliking comes from the fact that I wasn't really looking forward to the film to begin with, but, and that's how it was when I first saw the film, but now that I've had the past year and a half to, like, look back... Like, even with some of that, uh, with some of those nitpicks gone, I, I uh, s- still really don't like the movie. And now, like, there, there have been some things that have been, um, that have been really good. Like, season two of Mandalorian was uh, fall and winter time of last year. And that really helped get my excitement for this franchise back. But I just, I don't know. Because, like, the way that the films used to release allowed for each movie to retain a sense of magic. Like, it was always a magical experience for a lot of fans to go and see the next film and even for the very first film like the uh Roger Ebert when he first saw A New Hope he described it as an out of body experience and that's insane but now now that we have something like 10 to 13 shows announced with something like five announced films to all be released 
within the next like seven years, within the next uh, three for the shows, the films, I'd say they all release definitely before 2027 or 8. And like, I just don't want to get to the point where I'm reliving episode 9, where I go into the theater on opening night or the next day and I sit down and I kind of just dread going throughout the whole film because I had done this exact same thing last year. Like, as I said, if the movies and shows are as good as something like season two of Mandalorian, where I get incredibly excited and the love gets revitalized, then that's great. But I just don't like, even with that love, I don't want to get used to that. Because then that love will eventually begin to die down. And I know I'm beginning to ramble. I just like, I don't know how to really get all of this out in one piece. Uh, and yeah, so... Uh, yeah, that's basically it. I'm trying to think about anything else I want to say regarding like time management with the movies and all that. And it's also a gamble of how well the movie or show will be. And that's another side of it too, because it really boils down to like if the reception will be good or bad. Now, like, I know I already said this once earlier, but don't, like, take my words to make it seem like I really do not want everything that we're about to get. I really cannot wait for 90% of the new movies and shows like, the most recent one is uh, Bad Batch, which will be on May 4th, which is only a couple of weeks away. And then just this year, we have that. We have a animated show called Visions, which will be... They said that uh, it will be a show that is centered around... Uh, anime, like the Japanese anime way of making animation. And then later this year in December, we have a live action show, The Book of Boba Fett, which looks cool or sounds cool. We haven't really seen 
anything for the show. And then the Obi-Wan show begins to film in like the next week or so. Or no, it already began to film, I think, like the middle of March. So that should be next year. And yeah, so to summarize the past half hour of me just rambling shit. Basically... If a movie or show in the announced bunch is maybe not so good or just bad, I'm afraid that that is going... Like, I'm nervous that too much bad will make me lose the love that I have. And I'm afraid that too much good or too much great will result in me getting used to that sense of love and excitement, which on both sides will result in uh, me becoming desensitized. And that's my worst fear. Well, maybe not the worst, but it's one of the things I'm certainly dreading for what's to come. But... To end on a positive note, all of the shows that we've actually gotten looks at, whether it be the casting or set design or actual trailers, all of those look really good so far. Hopefully it it continues to be like that for the fucking like 20 things that are to come but only time will tell we can only really judge these things once we are actually at home watching the first episode or hopefully back in theaters watching the premiere and until those days come as soon as a couple weeks from now with Bad Batch I will just be sitting here hoping for the best, yet fearing the worst. And with all of that being said, ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you for taking the time to listen to me ramble. As always, my name's Nick. Uh, and this has been Late Night Hollownet. And also, before I sign off, uh, whether you're listening to this podcast through... Anchor, which as of right now is the website and app that I record the the podcast on, or whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcast or a different app, uh, make sure to leave a uh, review or a rating because those would be because I saw a couple show up the other day and it's a really good way to support myself and the podcast and so yeah I would be very thankful for a review and you know like uh, yeah (laughs) that's it on that note uh 
again, uh, thank you. My name's Nick, Hollownet, all that shit. Enjoy the rest of your day or night. See you in the next episode.